figuring this all out still here. If you've been um, following along with Mountain View at all over the, the last couple months, you might know that we're officially starting our second week of a small group study. Um, if you did not know that and would still like to be part of that, there are still groups that have room. I know my group would gladly accept more people into our small group also. But this small group study is about, it's a, a provocative title, don't invite them to church. But the conversation is about changing from a, hey, come see what we're doing, to a going and being church, whatever that may look like. And so Pastor Eric and I are using the theme verses from the various weeks to shape our messages. And so if you're not part of a small group, that's okay, because our messages are just loosely tied to what's going on here. If you can't commit to the eight weeks of a small group study, still grab one of these books, follow along with, with what is going on. And so the theme today um, from this small group study is that Jesus walks with us. And you'll see on the stage here, these weren't shoes that were accidentally left here. Every week we're having a bit of a change of what's up here to reflect on the theme of, of what's going on that week. And so kids who are here, that might be a fun thing week to week. Try to see what's different on the stage as we move through this process. And so today, the theme verse was from Luke 24, verses 13 to 35. And before we read that, I think it's very important to kind of get situated with what is going on. I think sometimes it can be dangerous to just grab a verse or grab a chapter of the Bible and say, we're just going to look at this without knowing everything else that brought us to that point. And so Luke 24 starts way back with creation. God created a world. God created people in that world. And people sinned. That world fell. That world was broken. And we understand that brokenness. But way back, if you flip all the way to the beginning of the Bible, already then, God was making promises that things were going to be restored. Things were going to be fixed. Someone was coming who was going to save the people. And then if you turn to the New Testament, Jesus came. Jesus was born. Jesus was baptized, as Pastor Eric said, received that Holy Spirit. And then Jesus went on to perform miracles. Jesus taught about a coming kingdom. Jesus claimed to be God, and people started getting excited. Could this be the one that was promised? The one that was going to end this brokenness? And all of that energy, all of that momentum, suddenly died. When Jesus died and was crucified. And the people had to wonder, what is going on? All of this promise that led us here suddenly ended? And then, if you know the story, some women went to the tomb to anoint Jesus' body with spices as they did in that day, and the body was gone. And so now they had all this hope of a promise, all this pain and disappointment of Jesus' death, and now this confusion that the body wasn't there. And it's in this trajectory that we find this passage of two followers of Jesus walking down the road to Emmaus. And so we read in Luke, Now that same day, two of them, that is, followers of Jesus, were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. 
And as they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked with them. But they were kept from recognizing him. Jesus asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? And they stood still, their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked Jesus, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who doesn't know the things that have happened there in these days? What things? Jesus asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our own rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was coming to redeem Israel. And what's more, it's the third day since all of this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but couldn't find Jesus' body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said that Jesus was alive. They went to the tomb and found it, but they did not see Jesus. And he said to them, how foolish you are and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and enter his glory? And then beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. And as they walked along, as they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going further. But those two urged him strongly, stay with us, for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So Jesus went in to stay with them. And when he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they finally recognized Jesus. And then just Jesus disappeared from their sight. And they asked each other, were not our hearts burning with us while he talked with us on the road and opened up the scriptures to us? They got up at once and returned to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven and those with them assembled together, saying, It's true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told them what had happened to them on the way, and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. And that's a long passage. That's a lot going on. Two people walking on the road, Jesus appearing, then not recognizing, and then talking about all the things that had happened. And maybe for many of us, that's a familiar story, one that you've heard before. I know it's a story that's often used on Easter, a celebration that Jesus rose again after dying and appeared to his disciples. And maybe we've just seen this story as a really cool way for Jesus to say, hey, I've risen, I'm alive, and here's how I'm going to show you. I know often when I've heard this story, and, and when I read it again in, in this book as a theme verse, my head right away goes to application and example. This must be a story of Jesus doing something good, and then us seeing that, and then we should do the same thing. And if you're going to read it that way, you'd say, okay, well, Jesus appeared to people, he explained who he was, and explained scripture, so I should go out and walk with people and explain who Jesus is, and explain scripture. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad way of reading it. If you read the whole Bible, we're encouraged to do those things, encouraged to walk with other people. But I had a professor in university who always tried to turn us back to the text, 
he would say, that's really good, and that's good application, and it's cool that you can read this there. But what is the text actually saying? And today I want to explore a little with, with all of you what the text is actually saying. And the beauty of reading Scripture as part of a community is we can get lots of different things of what the text is saying, and it's important to share that with each other. But today I just want to look at a couple things that I saw in this as I was reading it this week. Because I see that example. I see how Jesus is working. But I see something more as well. And so what is the simple reality? What is actually going on in this text? And I think when I read this, the simple reality that's happening is Jesus walks with his followers. I think when I make it the application model, I try to insert myself as Jesus, and I should go walk with others. But the simple reality in this passage is that Jesus walks with his followers. It's not his followers going to walk with people who don't know Jesus, although that's good to do. It's Jesus appearing to his followers. And I think we need to notice that. We need to read this for what is actually happening Because if we're going to look for Jesus in the text, if we're going to look for Jesus now, we need to see that it was Jesus doing the walking with his disciples. And so it's not just an example of what we're supposed to do. I think I want to explore the reality this morning that Jesus walks with us and others. And we follow that. But first, it's Jesus. And so we'll look at the story in that light. And I think as we move through the story looking at that, we'll notice a couple different things. And the first thing we'll notice is there's a whole lot of ordinary happening in this story. As I was reading through one of the commentaries this week, they pointed out that this was not an extraordinary story in a lot of ways. And that starts out with Emmaus. Emmaus is a town that people still don't really know where it is, where it was, what its purpose was, how big it was. If it was a city like Jerusalem, we'd know a lot more about it. If Toronto suddenly disappeared, people would still know about it because it was a city of purpose and lots of stuff was going on. We don't know about Emmaus. And so these were two people walking towards a pretty ordinary village that may or may not have even been seven miles away from Jerusalem. And then we have the disciples, or the followers of Jesus. One of them is named, which means maybe a few people that Luke was writing to knew who Cleopas was. But we don't have any understanding of who that was. And the person walking with Cleopas also isn't named, doesn't even receive a gender or a relationship to him. And so we have no idea who these people are too. And so again, we get a story here of pretty ordinary people doing a pretty ordinary walk to a town that isn't really known for anything. And as I was reading this and as I was listening to other pastors talk about it, are we okay with the ordinary? Are we okay with Jesus showing up in something as ordinary as two unknown people walking to an unknown town? Or do we only want Jesus and only look for Jesus and only see Jesus in the extraordinary. It's great to read about Jesus' miracles. It's great to read about Jesus' birth and God coming to the world. And those are big things, and those are exciting things. 
But are we willing to see Jesus in just those little walks of people who aren't well-known? And I think we need to expect Jesus to show up in the ordinary. If we're going to go into our neighborhoods, we need to expect that Jesus is there in the ordinary things. Yes, he shows up in extraordinary things. He shows up in prayer services like the one we had a couple weeks ago here at the church. In this passage, I see Jesus showing up outside of all of those things. Are we willing to look for Jesus in the ordinary? Because Jesus walks there as well. And if we're going to look for Jesus in the ordinary, we also have to realize that Jesus in this story didn't show up when everything was perfect. When everyone had everything all figured out. Jesus showed up in a bit of messiness. He didn't wait for these disciples to finish their discussion and figure it all out and be like, you've got it, now I can appear. Jesus showed up while they were still on the way. And I know for me, a lot of the time, I kind of want to get all my stuff figured out before I invite Jesus to walk with me. When I recognize my sins, when I recognize my brokenness, those are not the times I necessarily see Jesus or even want Jesus walking with me. Because it's awkward, it's embarrassing, and I know Jesus knows the stuff going on in our lives. But if we're going to read what's really happening in this story, Jesus shows up when people don't have things figured out. And I don't think Jesus just did this in this example. Jesus continues to show up and walk with us and walk with our neighbors when things aren't figured out. And I think that quote, the line, we had hoped that Jesus was going to be the one to redeem the world. I think that says a lot about where the disciples were at this point. We had hoped does not instill a lot of confidence. Maybe something like we have faith. We still trust Jesus will be the one to redeem. But the disciples aren't at this place. The disciples are dejected. They're disappointed. They're walking solemnly because things they had hoped in appear to not have come true. And Jesus doesn't wait for them to figure it out. Jesus doesn't wait for them to clue in. Jesus walks with them. And I think for me that's important to hear this morning, and maybe for some of you too. I have my doubts at times. There's times that I say, I had hoped this would happen. And I don't get it. And I don't understand. But Jesus doesn't wait for me to get it right. Jesus doesn't wait for any of us to get it right. Jesus isn't going to wait for our neighbors and our communities to get it right before Jesus shows up to walk with us. And I think that's important to know. Because that also is important that we don't have to fix everything so that Jesus can enter in. Jesus is already walking in those places. And that brings us to the, the part of the story that I still don't quite understand, is how the disciples did not see that it was Jesus. And I think if you read commentaries, if you read different books, no one really has that figured out of what exactly that looks like. But for one reason or another, Jesus appeared in person to these people walking, and they still didn't know who it was. I think it's important to note that these were people who sat at Jesus' feet. 
These were followers of him who would have been seeing some of the miracles, maybe seeing the crucifixion, would have seen Jesus in the last week or the last month. These aren't people who had never seen Jesus before. And these aren't the only people who didn't recognize Jesus after his death. I think that's important to note because these were people who you would think of everyone would recognize him. And the more I've read about this, the more people who are a lot smarter than me don't think that this was because Jesus looked so drastically different than he had looked before. Many people point to the question of, was this a spiritual blindness? Was something they couldn't recognize bigger than just a physical appearance? And I wonder if it was a matter of choice. I wonder if the people chose, in a way, not to recognize who Jesus was. Because their Jesus, the one they had hoped for, had just been crucified. This Jesus was alive and well. And so if they're so focused on this version of Jesus, the one who is supposed to redeem the world, but the one who had died, they're not going to see the Jesus who's actually working through a different plan. And I wonder if that spiritual blindness was then a matter of choice. Do we choose to see Jesus in the things that maybe we're not used to looking for Jesus in? If Jesus doesn't fit our idea of what he was supposed to do and what God's plan is supposed to be, are we still willing to recognize Jesus? Or will we, like these disciples, not choose to see Jesus in certain areas because it doesn't fit our understanding? When friends in church are thinking one way and we're thinking another, are we willing to see Jesus in others? If our neighbors are asking questions and we don't really get where they're coming from, are we willing to see Jesus still walking with them? It's a matter of choice. Are we willing to see Jesus for what Jesus is doing? Or are we only willing to see Jesus walking with us when Jesus is doing what we want Jesus to be doing? The important thing in this story is that Jesus didn't leave the disciples there. They learned to see. And I think there's some things in this part that are a great example for us as we walk with people. But again, I want to bring us back to what is Jesus doing in this passage. And the first thing Jesus does is Jesus listens. He shows up, and I feel like that would be awkward if I was walking along the road and someone just showed up and said, hey, what are you talking about? I don't know that I would have responded like the disciples did. But Jesus' first question is, what are you talking about? And then Jesus listens. And Jesus doesn't interrupt. He lets them explain everything that's going on. And I think that's super important for me and hopefully for you also, is that Jesus wants to listen. Even when stuff isn't figured out, even when stuff is messy, even when we don't quite know what to believe, Jesus is willing to listen. And so maybe you have big questions about health or about a death in the family or a death in the community or different reports that are coming out of the church and different ways of thinking. Jesus wants to hear what you're thinking about. Bring those things to Jesus. Bring them to him in all their rawness because Jesus listens as he walks with us. 
And then Jesus doesn't just listen, Jesus responds. In the story, and I believe Jesus responds now as well. And it starts with a bit of a reprimand if you go back in, in the text again. And it sounds a little harsh, but I think Jesus responds with a lot of grace. Because nowhere does Jesus just say, hey, that's wrong. We see this sentence. This is what you have to believe. Jesus doesn't do that. Jesus takes time, seven miles of walking, plus a dinner, to slowly explain and bring people on board. It doesn't happen immediately. And Jesus, if Jesus is walking with us too, I don't think we can expect ourselves to right away see things or our neighbors to right away see things. It's a process. And showing someone a certain text or a certain truth as we may claim it is not the way that people are going to see Jesus. It's not the way we see Jesus. We see Jesus through the slow ex explanation, that slow walking and learning with each other, and walking and learning with Jesus. And it takes an openness as well. If we're going to take anything as an example or application from this, this um, passage, I don't think it's the, we should be with Jesus and go walk with people, it's a, if we're the disciples who Jesus is walking with, what was their posture that Jesus entered into? And I think that was one of openness. First, like I said, they were walking down the road and a complete stranger came in and walked with them, and they were open to that. And then they were open to sharing a whole bunch of sensitive information at that time, given the fact that the authorities had just killed Jesus. And then they were open to a reprimand and a continued conversation. And then they were opened into inviting Jesus into their home. And then finally their eyes were open to recognize Jesus. We have that saying that hindsight is 20-20. And we're really capable of seeing things for what they were after they happened. And that happens in this too. That quote from the disciples of, weren't our hearts burning within us? as Jesus walked on the road with us. I think that's a reality now, too. I visited with a number of you, and especially when I visited with the older population, I hear so often how faithful God has been throughout their lives. And how when they look back now, God has been very obvious in those situations. But I would guess that during things like a war, during an immigration, during health crises in family, during deaths, it's harder to see Jesus walking with you. But when you look back and see where you've come, it's easier to see Jesus present. And so I have benefited greatly from visiting with people who have showed how Jesus walks with them. And so it wasn't me coming to walk alongside people to show Jesus, it was me joining people who already have Jesus walking with them and learning to see. And I would encourage you to continue to visit with each other, continue to tell stories like that, where Jesus is already walking with you. Because if hindsight's 2020, I would love to have 2020 vision now, to see Jesus already walking with us. Because what happens when we see that? Is incredible. In the story especially, I love the results of this walk. A change in direction, a change in emotion. So we get that, and I'm not a good actor and I'm not going to try very hard this morning, 
But we get that dejected, slow walk to Emmaus. The wondering, what just happened? Why did this happen? I don't get what's going on. And someone joined. Jesus joined. And they continued to walk in that direction. And then all of a sudden, there was a shift. When their eyes were open, when they noticed that Jesus was walking with them, when you look in the text, suddenly, they're not walking slowly anymore. And they're not walking to Emmaus. They, with great joy, I'm not going to sprint, but it sounds like they ran that seven miles quickly. Because when they saw Jesus, they wanted to explain that and share that with other people. They weren't bringing Jesus to those other people. Jesus was doing his own walking. But the people were so excited to realize Jesus walking with them. And I think in our lives, when we take time to notice Jesus walking with us, we can't help but share that and point that out to others. There will be people in our community who might see Jesus walking with them a lot quicker than we will. And watch how quickly and excited people are to share those moments. And so as we, as we bring this look at the passage to an end, I think that's what we need to keep in mind. That we aren't called to just drag Jesus into situations. It's not our job to bring Jesus to our neighborhoods. It's not our job to bring Jesus into places where Jesus isn't. Because if I look at this text today, Jesus is already walking in those places. We are not alone. Jesus walks whether our eyes are open or not. And the song that we sang earlier, the open the eyes of my heart, Lord, is exactly that. I want to see you, the song says. It wasn't, Jesus, please come walk with me. It's that I want to see you already walking with me. And I think this relieves a lot of the pressure. As we look at this book and think about ways to be missional, ways to go out in our community, it's a lot more pressure to try to bring Jesus into those places. It's a lot less pressure to realize Jesus is already working and moving in this church, in our communities, in the greater area, Jesus is walking. And it also helps me stop my pride because I'm not the one who's called to just walk with others. I need Jesus walking with me, and I need to see Jesus walking with others. I will never be the second one in to that conversation. Jesus is already working in our neighborhoods. Where can we see and join Jesus? Are we willing to see Jesus in those ordinary things? Are we willing to see Jesus working in conversations that we don't think quite are hitting the point that we want them to? Are we willing to join Jesus in the work that Jesus is already doing? Or do we think it's all on us? Thanks be to God that we don't have to do it alone. Thanks be to God that we've never had to do it alone. That the only way that we are joining Jesus in the situation is Jesus is already there. And so I encourage you when you pray, I find myself praying all the time, Jesus be with so-and-so. Jesus is already with those people. It's a new prayer of Jesus, reveal yourself in these situations. Open our eyes that we may see you. Open our eyes that we may join in the ways that you are already working in our communities. 
So go and be church. Go and be recognizing that Jesus is already in any area you can enter. And it's our joy and delight to continue to see Jesus working so we can reveal him there as well. Please join me in prayer. Jesus, we often pray that you will be with us in situations. And Jesus, that is our hope and it's our desire that you are with us, but it's also our expectation. Because you have promised, and again in this passage, you show us that you are walking with us. And as we seek to walk alongside others, please help us to continue to recognize that we're not doing that as you, we're doing that with you. And thank you that you are also walking with us. Because without that, we could not do anything. And so as we enter our communities, as we go to our places of work, as we go to school, please help us to see the ways that you are already working there. Please relieve us of the pressure that we have to do it all. And may we just simply join you in the work that you are doing. Thank you that you walk with us before we have it all figured out. Please open the eyes of our hearts that we may see you. In your name we pray. Amen.